Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's another Monday and we're back here for your entertainment enjoyment or something like that. Oh, what a long, crazy weekend it has been. Joining us always from Nevada, our co-host Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, what is going on with you this week, fella? Holy crap, did I not? I had a very, very productive three days. Oh, yeah? Crazy productive. I shot some footage. I got a couple of videos worth of shit to get together and edit. Did you tell Dweezy off? I did not. <laughs> Dweezy's <laughs> least of my problems. Is it like Dweezy Jefferson almost, right? Oh, wait, that's Wheezy Jefferson. Mm. Nope, we got some stuff done in the yard. We got... A little dog portal cut into the side of the house <clears throat> that we want to start training him on. I may do a video on how that goes. What do you mean it cut inside your house? You literally cut through your wall or like you just add something to your slider? Uh, I had the dog door installer. Very professional guy, actually. Fucking on point. Um, quality work. Got a hail dog door. Put it in. Had him put it in, man. I was not going to deal with that. Because somebody else can fall with that, that liability and get it done. You know, I, had it done in like an hour. I remember when we first moved down here and uh, dad had his dog and he was wanting to put a dog door in the mm-hmm. screen of his lanai so that he wouldn't have to open a slider, walk across the lanai, open the external mm-hmm. dog dog door to let the dog out, wait for him to use the restroom, rinse and repeat. Right. And he was still in California because when we moved down here, what he did is he used his vacation time moved us down here we got all settled in and then to kind of recoup his money he basically went back to work for like two weeks and then put in his official retirement so while him and melody were back in california and i was here i was like well i'm gonna do the old man a favor and i'm gonna put a dog door in the screen over here on the far end of the line and so i went down to uh, the local pet store and i think lowe's and a few other big box stores and i was looking at dog doors and for a dog big enough um, as his Labrador, it was like yeah. 60 or 70 bucks. That's cheap. And I'm, well, this is 19 years ago. And I'm thinking 60, $70 for a hole. I'm essentially buying a hole with a frame around it. And how many holes does it take to fill the Albert hall? I can't remember. I'm sure, uh, the Beatles can tell you though. And now it's one thing to, if you're putting said hole on your house, like you did. And it's another thing if this hole is just separating the lanai and the outside world through a piece of screen. And so what I did is I opted, I found the smallest framed area on the lanai, removed the entire screen, got two pieces of plywood, made my own frame and got a rubber flap. And for like a less than half of the cost, I was able to make a dog door, make a hole. (laughs) But I just, it was amazing to me and this and these weren't even the ones with the magnetic collar stuff and anything like that this was just a basic dog door with a plastic flap and a magnet that they want like 60 70 bucks for i'm like that's a lot of money for a hole and so i got out my woodworking skills and i created a hole myself and i was happier with the outcome that thing lasted about 10 years before we finally had to take it apart and rebuild said hole yep um and that's that's good but yeah we got that and then friday mm-hmm. to top it all off 
The cross track is no more. Uh oh. What do you mean? Did you wreck it? Nope. What happened I to it? I got a window. I got a window of opportunity. Somebody was signing off on my ideas. And I, we were, we we're basically, I think, was it Thursday night? Or no, it was Friday afternoon. Mm hmm. We pull up the Costco right next to a taco. Ooh. New taco. Ooh. And uh, chicken it or a, fish? It was, it was a, it was a, a TRD 4x4. Oh, a Tacoma, a Toyota Tacoma. Yeah, a taco with wheels. I got you. And I explained the deal that we were offered last Monday, mm-hmm. including a $5,000 check that would come back to us, which is very advantageous in these times. Ooh, that's a good word, advantageous. So Did it, would it behoove you? That night, I, I turned around and I called him while I was at Costco, my dealer. Mm, your dealer? You called my your dealer, dealer from Costco? My taco dealer. No, a taco dealer. Because it was advantageous and it would behoove you? Advantageous and it behooved us. And uh, that night, well, he didn't have the deal because he had sold that truck. But he goes, I got one that's a little, got, got a little more stuff on it. It's going to be a little more money. And I asked the price. And I'm good with it. It's still less than what I was paying on the um, Crosstrek a month. That always makes it easier when you're trying to do something like that. I remember when I actually... Oh. When I went from my taco to my Tundra, my car payment was like $5 cheaper a month and no money yeah, down. Well, that 5G coming back is really, sure. really nice. I mean, anybody can use that in their bank account right now. Mm-hmm. And that's under a lease. Now, I've never leased before. And now I fully understand a lease. I'm paying for a set amount of money that mm-hmm. vehicle is worth off yep. the top. And I did say, so we got it out the door. Fucking grant. Love it. It's got, it checks every box except for maybe a seat heater, but it does have the adjustable lumbar. So that's, that's a wash. I'd rather so have a lumbar. Is it a 21 Tacoma SR5? It is a 21 Tacoma SR5 with a six cylinder. Now, does that have the X, is that also the XD package with the upgraded rims or are they just a black? T- yeah, Tacoma they went rim? ahead and upgraded the rims. They're free on it. So it's got aluminum 16 inch alloy black rims. Ooh. Uh, I think it's still drum in the back yeah they are um, but that's okay i'm good with that and i did notice i do notice when i'm slowing down i feel like a, a little bit of a rumble and i don't know if that's the engine kicking down or if shit's breaking in but um it, but it's uh it's got some balls to it uh it'll go i mean i know the tacomas aren't the fastest thing in the world but compared to what i came from it's got 100 and 100 and about 140 more horsepower yep and it only weighs less than a thousand pounds more, and not not even. It's like five hundred pounds more. Yeah, Toyota was super wicked smart when it comes to cutting weight on those things. And I, we talked about this with my old Tacomas. They knew that Americans, you know, one of the first things we do because we were worried about our paint is that we'll go out and buy a truck and then go drop three grand on a bed liner. And so to cut weight and to try to improve gas mileage because that's one of the things people complain about Tacoma. I really never had a problem with it. I mean, I I could get from here to. Uh, Valdesta, George on a tank of gas, which is pretty nice. But so what they would do is instead of having the big heavy bed, they would make the bed out of like, I don't know, almost a half inch piece of, you know, let's just say plastic, but obviously it's more high tech than that. Yeah. It's got some composites in it. And then they would just bolt the fenders on like a car, which is Mm -hmm. nice because how many times have you seen like a Chevy or a Ford that someone either got t-boned or they hit something they t-boned their trailer and like there's a big ass crease in the wheel well and they haven't had it replaced because in order to do so they would have to fucking bed they would either have to replace the bed or find a donor and Mm -hmm. uh plasma cut off the damn thing and weld it together and so on these tacomas man you just unscrew it and pop a new one on and bob's your uncle 
TJ Bowen's taco driver also. I was going to name it Tuesday, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a little on the nose. Um, the taco Tuesday, you know, bad joke. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, it's it's great. It's got the color match. Um, it's got the halogen lights, the projector lights. It's it's fucking awesome. I, I like it. Um, it felt a little little with the Subarus. It had a lot of window. Mm-hmm. So this is a little low, feels like it's a little lower. You know, it's actually a higher. I guess I was gonna say a it, higher, it, it, for, higher window for guys who are six, four, and five. I mean, you could still the headroom. It's got headroom for days on them. Yeah, so it's great. It's got every bell and whistle I think your Tundra has on it. Uh, Eight-inch uh, navigation screen, all that good stuff. So very happy. And we had just paused our live stream. That's interesting. But um, it hmm. was uh, it must be uh, Facebook up the shenanigans. Anyway, that was that. And then Sunday, this will be another video in my I'm Not a Fucking Plumber series. Uh, I replaced an undermount sink in my kitchen with a new one. How did that go? It actually went well. It it didn't end up perfectly square, mm-hmm. and I'll explain it in the video when it when it comes out. But it's basically, I went with the same manufacturer as the one the house came with, and it's a very similar size, so I can use the mounting brackets that are already in the granite. Yeah, I'm looking at the or. Uh, Restream.io channel and it says it's offline, but when I go look at our OBS, it says it's streaming. And so I have no idea. I don't know if um, Restream.io is having a problem. Maybe they're having server issues. It's trying to come online right now, but um, I'm looking at our computer and um, we're streaming still and we're recording. I don't Great. know. Okay, it just now came back online. So for those of you watching online, it, it would appear that Restream.io is having some technical issues because they, they lost the feed, which sucks. But, um, you know, that story I sent you today about the 2021 um, Tacoma, whether or not it'll haul a camper, excuse me, it did say, and this is something you won't hear in commercials for like a Ford Ranger or a uh, Chevy Colorado, the Tacoma is the highest sold midsize truck in the United States. So they actually sell more than, well, obviously the Ranger was gone for a long time. Um, you know what my salesman said? What's that? They're so reliable. That's why the terrorists use them. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they still this high the high lux <laughs> high luxes. The high lux, yes. Um, I said, well, with my political views, I may be considered one. Anyway, uh, you know, I'm not that extremist. Not even close. But for, anyway, uh, for those listening, i.e., the government. <clears throat> so I got a call last week. Yes. Um, from my old roommate Brad, or the week before. He said he was going to come down here in, at the end of the month. And I was like, when is it? Because I'm going to be in Georgia. He called me before the Georgia trip. And he said, now, this that, is Kiss Brad, Snowblind Brad, Yeah, the, right? Brad Williams. He's been on the podcast, I think, three times in the past. Okay. With the exception of him being on the podcast. And I only think he wasn't on the podcast when we were doing the streaming. So he would, he would do phone call-ins. And so with the exception of him being on the podcast, I haven't talked to him or spoken to him in person since I moved down here in 05. He came down to visit. So it's been like 16 years. And so he said he was coming down. His parents bought a boat and they're somewhere up north of Tampa. I was like, well, okay, let me know when you're in town and, and I'll drive up and see you. Now keep in mind last weekend or well, the previous weekend, I had a five hour trip to Georgia and did the reenactment stuff this weekend. I uh, had this just this past week is pretty busy week. Uh, my daughter's birthday was on the 20th. And so we decided to get together on Saturday and do something. Which, okay. um, coincidentally, and worked out quite well. Larry Venturino, who's been on the podcast a handful of times, mm-hmm. he was 
he wasn't performing, but he was kind of hosting or organizing a stand-up act. Is he uh, like the MC? No, I when he he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted tickets, and so I finagled six tickets out of out of him. And the idea was to take me, Carrie, my daughter, her boyfriend, dad, and his new girlfriend. Right. And so when I texted dad, he said, well, um, I can't go. Our band's playing on Saturday. And then he texted me back 20 minutes later. Oh, the, the show's canceled. Okay. So, yeah, get us tickets. And then he texted me back like the next day. I don't know what happened, but the show's back on. <laughs> so I told Katie, I said, well, hey, you know, this is your birthday thing. Come to the, the plan was they're going to come to our house Saturday around five. We're going to eat, have mm -hmm. some cake, and then we'd go to the comedy club at eight thirty. I gave her the extra two tickets. She invited two of her friends, and I thought Larry was performing. Turns out he was putting the thing on. The MC mm -hmm. was actually um, the morning show host of a of a morning show on. Um, forgive me, Flying Brian, for, <laughs> for running a blank. I think he's on one of five five the beep. Uh, it's the freak show. They've been on the air around here forever and years. And I've never really met him. I've had, you know, when I, back when I worked in radio, I got a few messages from him. And I know he follows me on Facebook and this and that. But I, I didn't even know he was MCing it until the show started. And he introduced himself. And he did like, you know, a good four minutes of comedy. Now, we did the late show on Saturday. Now, anybody who's ever been a stand-up act knows the late show is when all the drunkards come out. Which can be problematic. And we've talked about this actually with Larry on the show. And we talked about this with the other comedian who came on. And that is hecklers. And I don't know what it is about Fort Myers comedy shows. I don't know if it's the cats who are coming out of Suncoast over in North Fort Myers. I don't know what it is. But anytime I go to a late show, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I need to start going to early shows on Saturdays. But anytime, So you got the drunk crowd there already, right? They're yeah. Into the wind. And so yeah. there... And so... Uh, Flying Brian gets up there and starts doing his thing and they start talking start flying. and so he starts interacting with them trying to chill them out mm -hmm. and it, it's good and then the first of Nat comes up and he does a good job he's had a little experience <clears throat> under him they start talking to him and he kind of starts busting their balls a little bit and it, it was funny and then there's two guys one actually three people one guy's name was Davis how do you know this guy's name Davis we'll get to that later <laughs> And then on another table, there's a drunk guy and his wife who are drunk, and they were more annoying. Davis was actually kind of entertaining because he was so out of it, and he was from Georgia, and he had a southern accent. But the other two people, <laughs> fuck you, and it was just super annoying. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm in the middle of a podcast. My daughter's texting me, asking me if she can take a shower. <laughs> but um, And so... These two. The second person gets off, off, and then a next guy comes around. And he's got a guitar bit he's trying to do, and I don't know if he didn't have the experience with hecklers or what, but they just kept breaking his stride, and he was struggling. And he he finally said, "Give me the fuck off the stage," and forgive me, I I should have wrote down the the comedians' names. I the the headliner was supposed to do like a good forty minutes, right? He well, with gets, these hecklers, let's let's hold up a second. With sure. these hecklers, how many you think get together and say, "Let's see how many comedians we can fuck up tonight." I don't think they preemptively do that. I think they preload on the fucking alcohol, and, and by the time they get there, they just have no social decorum. I'm sure there's plenty of people, including myself, who have been drinking at that show, but we have social decorum. We're not these, you know, attention seekers. I mean, let's face it: a majority of people who are vocally heckling people. Without saying you suck, but they're trying to contribute, right? They're trying to, they're contributing to the set. They're trying to help the comedian along. They're basically trying to get attention. Bro, I'm just trying to help you out. 
And so the the headliner gets up there, and he's supposed to be doing 45 minutes or so. And right. he gets two jokes in, funny as shit. And then uh, he mentions he's from Georgia. And this is when Davis really gets his wheel spinning. And he starts babbling off this incoherent Southern stuff. And and something about, I don't know, something about politics or something in the community. He's like, you know what? I want you to write a history book because that'll be fucking crazy. And Davis like, oh, if I write a history book, your fucking head will explode. And the community's like, that's page one, chapter one. My name's Davis. Here's my history book. Your fucking head's going to explode. Long story short. Out of this comedian set, he probably did five mm. pre-planned written jokes. He spent 30 minutes crowd work doing crowd work with Davis and the other guy. And the stuff he was doing with Davis was funny because Davis was just so fucking out of there. And, was Davis like full Boomhauer? Uh, well, according to Davis's wife, he uh, likes to put on the front that uh, he's stupid when he's really not because he is a mechanic. I gather he's a diesel mechanic, but uh, does, he, does he use Duck Duck Go? No, he he was a mechanic. He said you take this wire and put it in that wire, and shit, everything works. And and, and the comedian's like, I don't know if I want you working on my shit. But anyhow, it's just like how many times, you know, it got to the point where his wife went up and sat at a different table because she got she was embarrassed. Oh fuck! I bet that was a horrible card ride home. Uh, well, she went to the restroom, and when, when she cry. came out of the restroom, she sat at a different table. To, and like 10 minutes later, the community's like, Davis, where'd your wife go? And she reluctantly had to stand up and walk back across the room. But it was so, it's just, it's so goddamn annoying. And mm. it's almost to the point where you want to say something to the heckler, but then you're just interfering with the show as much as the heckler. And obviously the comedians are more, well, not all of them, you know, uh, the headliner had been doing it for 25 years. And at the end, he's like, yeah, I've, I've done comedy over 25 years, and this is without a doubt the strangest fucking show I've ever done. Which sadly, I've I've seen a few comedians go off at that place of that same sort of interaction. Tough crowd, huh? It was. It's just, just dumb. Like I said, it's just fucking annoying. And like the TikTok I put up, I said I don't know how many of y'all need to hear this, but when you go to a comedy show, the people in the crowd pay money to hear what the comedians have to say, not what you have to say. If you feel you have something important to say, go back on open mic night and try your material out then. Very uh, see what motherfucker. Yeah, it's it, you know you interfere interrupting other people's stuff. It's just I don't so. Know. So I want to circle back on something you touched on at the beginning of your long short story. Mm-hmm. Um, Talked about, you know, dad and the band and the, the gig was off, then it was on, then it was off, then whatever it was. My question, the question I thought of was, I know in our 20s, it's hard enough to pin flaky motherfuckers down, but would it be harder to have a band in your 20s or when you're uh, going into your sunset years? Uh, sunset years. And um, back when I worked on Stan and Haney, Haney even said, the reason I'm not in a band is it's just too hard to get everybody schedule aligned. You know, when you're young, you're flaking, you're partying. But when you're older, you got, you got medical problems. jobs, you got kids. Some cases you have grandkids, you have a spouse at home, you know, a medical problems. Dad's in a new band because the drummer of his old band had to have heart surgery. And so he's laid up for a while. And But, you know, it's definitely. He actually ran into that guy on his way out here randomly in Texas. Yeah. At an airport. So that, that, that's insane. But, yeah, it, I, it's definitely harder for. um you know, not even that old. I mean, just people in their forties and shit. Once you have careers and families and soccer practices and things like that. And then, you know, if your band kind of like that, he plays out sometimes twice a week. A lot of wives aren't in down for that, you know? 
Um, it's one thing for you to play once a month for beer, but you know, when you're gone on the weekends after working all week and you're not spending time with the, you know, the family cause you're out playing for beer. It's like they kind of, you know, that shit gets kind of old. Yes, it does. It was just a thought I was thinking. It's like, what is the, the flake factor? And so getting back to the, the long story. So I got that out of the way on Saturday and I get up and I text Brad. I'm like, fuck, I really don't want to drive like two hours north. And he just flew in on Saturday. So I'm thinking, well, chances are he just flew in on Saturday afternoon. He's probably going to want to spend time with his parents. So I'll text him, see how long he's going to be in town, and maybe I'll drive up there later this week. Right. And it's like 10, 11 on Sunday. I'm still in bed. I text him, hey, how long are you in town for? He texts back, I'll be here until Saturday. We're almost to Sanibel. Huh? Do what? So I text him. I said, You're, you guys are going to Sanibel today? Yeah, we figured we'd, uh, it was on our bucket list, and we figured we'd make it easier on on you guys so you wouldn't have to drive all the way up here. I was like, okay. Was it the Margaritaville type tour? Um, no, they're going to Sanibel, which is, you know, there's not, it's basically. It's in the hood, basically. No, Sanibel's not. Fort Myers Beach is. Sanibel's the one that's all pristine. It's all wilderness. Yes. It's where I post the videos of the sand dollars and the um, starfish. And, it's where Ding Darling is, right? Yeah, there's no, there's no beach bars on the beaches and all that. And so. I said, well, Carrie's not feeling well. Let me grab my, let me grab Nugget and get her ready and we'll, we'll meet you out there. So we get up, we get ready and all that. I text him and said, Hey, I'm leaving. I'll be there about there in 40 minutes. They're like, well, we're getting kind of hungry. We kind of want a beach with a bar. I was like, well, you got to get a Fort Myers beach for that. And they're like, fine. We'll meet you over there. I was like, sweet. Now I don't have to drive to Sanibel. I'll drive to Fort Myers beach. Now down here in Florida for the last 21 days, um, it's been getting down to the 40s and 50s at night where we haven't been running our air conditioner at night and a good part of the day, and it's been pretty damn cold. Well, Saturday was the first time in 21 days we got up to the 80s, and so you can imagine the beaches were super packed. Fuck yeah. It was almost like spring break, and on the way over there, you had all these snowbird plates, Iowa, Missouri, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, all these snowbirds. It got to the point where like all a majority of the public parking places were full. Uh, there's one guy who basically rents out his lots for parking. He had like one spot spot left. He like charged me to park in his driveway of his house, and I was afraid that Brad not had, responsible in case your car gets broken into. No, my car didn't get broken into, but did get covered in bird shit. It's completely decimated. But long story short, Brad and his family they because his mom and dad drove down too, so they had they had two cars. They were able to find parking. It was nice to see him. Like I said, I hadn't seen him in person, but you know the interesting thing is with technology, now that we have the ability to talk to people on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, um, seeing somebody the first, for the first time in person after 15 years isn't as magical, and this isn't a slight towards him or myself, it just or, isn't, or shocking. it's not magical or shocking as it was 20 years ago before Facebook and MySpace and all that stuff. And I'm sure that has had huge impacts on the popularity or the attendance at uh, high school reunions. I'm sure if yeah. there was like an alum, a nationwide alumni mm. association who keeps track of that sort of information, I'm sure you would see high school reunion attendance is through the fucking floor because everybody, even if they're around the world, they talk to each other via Facebook. Yeah. I wonder what this motherfucker looks like now. We'll go to the, oh, man, I already know. And that's just it before dad was on Facebook, it, you know, not seeing him or even really mom and them for a long time. 
seeing them for the first time in, in, in the long ass time really hit me, you know? Yeah. And how much they're aging. I was just like, Oh fuck. Older than I think I am. And so I was talking to him and interestingly enough, he bought himself not too long ago, a 2015 <laughs> Toyota Tacoma with a couple hundred thousand miles on it, but it works great for what Shit, he wants to do. Breaking it in. That's what I told him. And it's so funny. He has a Tacoma. You have got one. When I was up in Georgia, uh, one of my reenacting buddies who moved to Kansas came back down. He had a brand new Tacoma. And it's funny. He put a matching camper shell on the back, not a camper shell, but just the, you know, the fiberglass shell, the, right. the, not the tonneau cover, but the the shell. Probably looked like a Forerunner. Yeah, it looked like a Forerunner. But he was telling me that after he did that, his homeowners association tried to tell him that now it is qualified as a recreational vehicle, and he couldn't park it in his driveway. He's like, "What the fuck? There's That's no bed in the back. It's just a, a cap." <laughs> That's why I'm on the board is to keep that kind of shit from happening. But, but how does that? I mean, it's no different than if it was a Forerunner. Yeah. It's not one of those ones that erects into a tent. It's not the ones you see that has like the jerry cans of fuel on the side and, you know, the oh ladder. Oh, my rack. God. So that, that bug out vehicle look is very big out Oh, here. I'm sure it is with the mountains where you live. They probably Fuck got the snorkel it. on it. Believe me, I've already been shopping. Yeah. Although I can't do anything with the lease right now. That that extreme. So. I saw a Tundra the other day had like 20 inch rims on it, like mine does, the Nitto Terragrapplers, but it had the electric fold down freaking uh, step ups. Those are nice. And I'm thinking, do I just get another set of tires anyway and pull those to the side in case I do turn it in? I can flop those back on it. And then they're brand fucking new. Well, you already got 16s on there. When I put my motor metals on mine, there were 17s. And so I don't even know if you have to switch your rims. Just put a bigger, get, no, well, yeah, put like exactly. a pair of NATO Terrell grapplers on there that stick out a little bit on the side. Now, the, some Wild Peaks or some uh, BF Goodrich, you know, ATs. The only downside to that is like when I put those on mine, no, not at all. No, they are universal tires. They don't have the one, one, one. They drove nicely. It's just you constantly have mud and splatter up the side, one side, all the way down your door to your tail from where the tires, because my rim stuck out about an inch further. I tell you what, this thing has got some beefy fucking mud flaps on it. Yes, they do. And uh, so, and and it doesn't get that muddy. It's more dusty out here. Yep. Uh, you know, may, that something may happen with that sooner than later. <laughs> so we go to Fort Myers Beach and we go to the cottage, which is the place I always take you to get the uh, black and grouper sandwiches. And once again, the beach is looking like spring break 1994. I'm, the only thing missing is an MTV fucking, you know, stage with Ed Lover doing the Ed Lover dance on it. And Brad's mom's like, there's a guy out there with a drill. Uh-huh. So, Because we're sitting in the AHC room with the windows right on the beach. And we look out and there's an older guy. We, he's fucking ripped. He just has a bit of a stomach. He's got a six-foot flagpole planted with a... Um, skull and crossbones pirate flag but then he has a cordless drill with like a four foot auger drill bit you know where it's real thin at the the shaft and then it's probably got like a half inch auger bit on the end of it and mm -hmm. he's just driving it in and out of the sand i was like well maybe he's putting up poles to put up a sunshade or something so he's doing that for like a good five minutes stops talk to people and he's back up the drill bit and then he leans over and he grabs a stainless steel, well, actually, aluminum, periscoping flagpole. <laughs> Keep in mind, he already has one six-foot flag in the ground with a pirate flag on it. And now he's... Apparently, when he woke up on Saturday, he thought, hey, I'm going to go to the beach. 
I'm going to take a six foot little flagpole with my pirate flag. I'm going to take my cordless drill with this three foot long auger bit. I'm going to take what's turned out to be a 20 foot tall collapsible <laughs> fucking flagpole. What we had soon find out to be seven flags <laughs> and like no beach chair or no cooler or nothing. I don't know if he is a purveyor of flags. I don't know if this is Sheldon Cooper in his late sixties. He wasn't selling them. He had no inventory, but before we knew what the hell he was doing, he puts this periscoping flagpole in and he gets out an American flag, puts it on. Like, okay. Pulls out a Florida state flag, hoist the American flag up, puts the Florida state flag on next to it. Starts hoisting that up, raises it up one rung because it is periscoping. Gets out what appears to be an American flag, but it's not because it probably only has like 14 stars on it and five stripes, but it has a big bald eagle head on it. <laughs> he puts that on it, starts hoisting it up. So now we're intrigued. Like, ooh, what's next? Is a Trump flag next? What's yeah, next? That's what I'm thinking. So next he puts up his uh, Blue Lives Matter flag, the American flag with the blue bar. Okay. okay, so clearly a Trump flag's coming next. So we're waiting in anticipation. Of course, now he's stopping people coming over, shaking his hand, this and that. And next he grabs a flag. I can't really tell what it is. And it's a, a Fort Myers Beach flag. It just big circle says FMB on it. Hoist it up. Puts it, gets another flag. What the fuck it's is this guy doing? Said, and funnier if it said LMB. So he, he puts up a balls. secondary, different Fort Myers Beach flag. Once again, I'm thinking, okay, he's got to be selling this stuff, right? Why would you go to the beach on a Saturday, spend 15 minutes planting this flagpole, and now you're, you're, you're up to four flags. The next one, I can't tell exactly what it is. It's this blue flag with a circle and some font, but I swear to God, the icon in the middle is the chest badge off of Star Trek. Looks just like that damn thing. But we're too far from it to see what the font is. He hoists that up. But now he's running out of room, right? So now he's connecting the flags to each other with um, those bungee cords you use on your trash cans to keep the raccoons he's out. He's got more flag than He has more board. flag than he does pole. And then the last one, it, it's black and it has something red on it. I see full. I'm like, full what? Full tilt? <laughs> the last flag's right off the... It says full send. Sets his flag up and then just starts walking around. Like, what the... F Dude, spend 20 minutes erecting flags. That is a guy who wants a lot of attention. <laughs> but a was lot it, of attention. He, he, like Dweezy over here with his fucking, his fucking Escalade. And those who missed it last week, yes, the guy booming across the street. I'm sounding like an old man. I'm sounding like a... A Chad in my, my the male version of a Steve. Yeah, Gordon's been complaining to me for months that some asshole is parking his car in the parking lot of Seven Eleven for twenty minutes at a time across the street with a system on full blast. And so he went to talk to the people at Seven Eleven, and it turns out it was Dweezy from um, counting uh, counts customs, counting Count, cars, counts customs. Yeah, I think he's the cat who. Like, uh, of course, my response was, I don't fucking care who he thinks he is. <laughs> Yeah, I think he either does body work or I wouldn't be surprised yeah, he installs stereo guy. system. But he's not on the IMDB, so he isn't that important. No. And so <laughs> we we get down, we eat, and so we go walking around. We get down to the um, pier, and I'm like, hey, Brad, there's where we were. You can see fucking Captain Jack Sparrow's flag still flying over there. But he literally, he wasn't selling them. He just, I guess he was a huge fucking fan of flags and decided he needed to put up a full-size flagpole to announce where he was. Either that or maybe he was 
Maybe he had some friends coming in on a boat and was trying to claim his his land in the name of Spain so his friends knew where to beach their boat at because there was a bunch of boats beached out there. Maybe he has a social media presence or a, a YouTube page. Now, this guy was like the flag guy, seventy, but he was like he did have pecs and arms, but his stomach was a little little beer bellied out. But I mean, I guess maybe that's part of his workout regimen is planting flags because he was pretty ripped for his age. But uh, it was just the weirdest shit ever. You always see that weird stuff. And so then we we uh, his parent Brad's parents took off and we did some walking around and Brad got caught up. You know, it's funny, he's in a band and all that. And we stopped, and his daughter wanted to watch his streets performer named Amber Sparkles or some shit. She's doing, like, some half-ass circus stuff, which Nugget wasn't impressed because one of the things she was doing is up on a platform. She got a piece of PVC and a board, was balancing on it. Well, shit, I watched my dad do that in his bedroom every other day. But anyhow, Brad got sucked into that as the volunteer. And so we waited through that. And so we bid ourselves adieu. We say goodbye. I'm going to try to go meet him later this week. And Nugget and I are walking back to the car. And she gets nailed in the eyebrow with a big old piece of bird shit. <laughs> bird just fucking defecated right on her face. Which she was not too pleased about. Despite the fact that we have birds and she gets shit on all the time. Those are the dirtiest animals in the world. I'm yeah. you have so many. And so we get back to the parking spot. And there's a restaurant right there. And she couldn't wash her hands because it was full. The bathroom, the line was too long. So we pile up in the car, get out in the gas station. Of course, there's no soap in their bathrooms. It took like three stops where she can get to the point where she could wash her the bird shit off her face, and she wasn't too happy about that. Uh, but that was my weekend in a, in a nutshell. So I don't know one if we want to shift to just a little bit of small politics. Um. Here in a moment, I actually got a sounder for that. Okay. Yeah, I, I had an interesting conversation with a small business owner from Toronto here in Vegas yep. on, um, on Sunday. We'll get to that in a moment. I okay. Just because I spent a bunch of time doing show prep tonight, and there's still stuff, maybe I'll save it for next week. Um, I had an interesting conversation with uh, Nugget tonight because she wanted to throw a little piece of foil out the window, and then that... That's my hat! And then uh, we started talking about... Um, Woodsy the Owl and um, Give a Hoot, Don't Pollute. It was, she has no idea of. Smokey the Bear, she said, You're just making stuff up. So uh, we'll get into that next weekend. Yeah. But, but uh, do, 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 do. I have some in laws who were from Chicago. I don't think ever heard any of that stuff, and they're our generation. So, But it is out. time for the Netflix suggestion of the week. So I've gone through all my Netflix queue and I'm bored of everything. And um, Brad did suggest a show that I started watching, but we'll say that for next week. Okay. And Bebop's now crying because she wants out of the studio. Come here. Um, I was stumbling through Netflix when Carrie was asleep. And so I try to find things that when she's asleep that she won't enjoy watching because, well, if I watch things she would enjoy, you, then she would Have you given annoyed. Social Dilemma a try yet? No, I keep I keep suggesting it to her, but she's she's not big in a docu docu series, and I keep explaining to her, well, a good documentary, you don't have to like the well, subject matter maybe, beforehand. Maybe that's one of the ones you watch while she's asleep. Yeah, and so I saw this interesting um, thumbnail, and because I watch Peaky Blinders and a lot of World War II stuff, and I watch, I get a lot of suggestions for BBC stuff, and I watch uh, mm -hmm. Repair Shop, and I know that she's not a big fan of the um, Cockney accents. 
It's like, well, here's a good show. Who is? I could watch. And I'm watching a few episodes of this show. (laughs) And the TV show is called Man Down. And um, As in we have a man down. Yes. And it's created by a comedian named Greg Davies, which you may have heard of. I have. Um, and it's interesting because this show, I didn't know it at the time. I started watching it. Uh, the show premiered in, I think, 2013, which in the time we live in, um, it's kind of nice. I, I kind of understand why our parents would watch stuff that was a little bit older than the times we live in. And especially now. It's so refreshing to watch a TV show that would have quote unquote uh, politically incorrect humor for these days because this is back before the world went woke and some of the like Archie Bunker shit. Yeah. And so man down Dan is a teacher who may be less mature than his students. He can be best described as a child trapped in an adult's life. It's kind of like think of Seinfeld. If Jerry was a loser, you have Dan and if Jerry was George. Um, worse than George, uh, Dan is 42, lives in a flat on the back of his parents' property, and the show starts with his girlfriend of six years leaving him because he has no direction in life. Okay. And so, as they go through the episode, it's funny, they introduce all the characters. The guy playing his dad's fucking hilarious, but shortly after his girlfriend leaves him, um, his sister comes over and they're having a, a party for his niece and he likes to act immature and there's a party coming up and well this is kind of what happens Whoa! the penguin was angry and he spat the poo right out oh yeah thank you very much dan that'll do lucy do you want to go and get your pajamas on well i want to stay and play with uncle dan get going we can play at the party tomorrow you idiot we can't mum says you're not invited you know I hate that song. Hang on a minute. What does she mean I'm not invited? I thought Mum was joking. I wasn't. I'm not invited? Why not? Don't make me spell it out, Dan. You and a room full of other people's kids singing about animals shitting in each other's mouths. I don't think so. No, thank you. Oh, I suppose that lunatic's invited though, is he? That's doing a little show for the kiddies. Now, what's happening with you and Naomi? <sighs> Why do people keep asking me this? She's gone. Oh, Dan, but she's such a lovely girl. She's an angel. Oh, rail it in, old woman. I worry about you, that's all. I mean, you're a nice enough bloke, but I think you're going to die alone. So it comes to find out the reason he's not invited to his niece's birthday party is, well, because Naomi is, and the family likes his ex-girlfriend better than they like him. Mm-hmm. And there are such great... Con- the- you know, with kind of with all the stuff that's going on now, uh, one of the funny scenes is because he lives with his mom. Somehow, I I dozed off, but he's going to a tailor to get fitted for a suit, and somehow he ended up wearing his mom's underwear because got mixed with his laundry, got dressed in the dark or something. Mm. And the tailor, the tailor, wouldn't one just free ball it after that? I the, mean, well, whatever. he doesn't realize until he took his clothes. I, I like I said, I dozed off during the part where he got dressed. And Taylor comes in, sees him wearing women's underwear, and tries to castrate him because he's a freak. And now, obviously, that sort of comedy wouldn't go over today in today's woke society. In which five episodes later, he's at a uh, small businessman's meeting, uh, award ceremony, because his his friend's a financial advisor, and that same Taylor sees him there, and. Mm. 
Now, the last time the tailor saw him, he's wearing women's underwear, right? Well, there's another episode uh, later on, early in that episode. For some reason, he gets bit in the nipple by a horse, so his tits bleeding. And his crazy female friend, he found out Naomi's going to be at this party, and he didn't want his female friend to be there because he didn't want people to think that they're dating. And so she's like, don't worry, no one will recognize me. So he shows up to the award dinner trying to find Joe, his crazy female friend. Turns out she's dressed up like a dude because that's her way for no one to recognize him. And so, of course, the tailor, who doesn't like freaks, sees him with bleeding nipples dancing with a, what appears to be a cross-dressing dude. And so he tackles him and starts fighting him. And so rewind an episode. And now his dad in season one is great. Um, so he's getting ready to go on a first date and he's getting some advice from his dad. And his dad wants to take him to a, a place that has some meaning to him. Well, what are we doing here? That's Brenda Kirkby's old place. Who? My first love. Oh, thick red hair, pale skin, and those beautiful green eyes. I asked her out to the school dance. I was so nervous, I thought my heart would leap from my mouth. But she said yes. But her mum was religious, so outside of school hours, we were totally forbidden from seeing each other. Whatever? I know, seems crazy now, doesn't it? But I wanted to show her how much I cared. So every night, 7.30, I'd walk here and wait for her to come to that very bedroom window. And I'd wave at her and blow her a kiss. She'd blow me a kiss. Then I'd walk home again. Every night? Every night. 18 months and 11 days. That is one of the most romantic stories I've ever heard. <laughs> well, anyway. All's well that ends well. Eventually, I fucked her against that wall. What? Yeah, that There's very wall. But word to the wise, son. Stay away from those gingers. It's a mess down there. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Right here. Like this. This dad's on the wall in the middle of the street. <laughs> It's just crazy little things like that. Sometimes the Brits make you work a while until they get a punchline in. Well, this show will, uh, for you Office fans, it, it'll seem very familiar to you because as we've spoken in the past, The Office was taken from the Ricky Gervais version of The Office, which was a British show. And and so, yes, it has very dry humor and the callbacks are great. And when they go, and the funny thing is, is this wasn't like an HBO series. This was like your regular primetime series, but because of the way they treat swearing and nudity over there, it's you know it's more like something we'd have to watch on, on HBO over here. And I got two more quick clips. Uh, the funny thing about Dan not being allowed to be invited to a party full of kids is Dan's a middle school teacher, and he teaches drama, but he half-asses that. And so instead of actually having the kids play, they just ad-lib uh, the space adventure. And there's this one Sounds kid. Like what's that? Sounds like an American. T oh, forget it. <laughs> yeah, right. And one of his students is has no dad, so he's just constantly screaming all his dialogue. And so uh, here's an ep. The show opens one episode on this, where um, they're at this point in their space odyssey, where one of the kids is chosen to be the alien queen who is now giving birth. <laughs> Shut up, Robin, you girl! Sir! 
Laurie's being a pussy! He's giving birth to Alyssa, Dennis. It's going to sting a bit, isn't it? They've got those head spikes. Is this going to help me get a job when I leave school? No, probably not, but here's a thought. Being likeable might give you the edge. Shut up, Karen! Drama is wicked! Beard! Not beard, Darren. Drama is wicked. Chinny reckon? You don't chinny wreck on me. He can beard me, that's his thing. Don't even think about doing GCSE drama. Why would I take this bullshit when I'm in the top stream for everything else? Oh, itchy chin you are, because you've got a pushy mum. Who thinks you're a knob? I can see the head! I can see the head! <laughs> that, that one girl, he's always flicking her off. It's so fucking funny. And, and moving on to season three, he finds some adoption papers. No shit. I can see where this is going. This is a well, well-traveled path, I'm thinking. But is it? Because Greg Davies mm. is no fool. And so now he's upset to find it because uh, his his uh, aunt tells his mom, I thought you were supposed to get rid of those. And so now through the episode, much like on a Seinfeld, he's pining over the fact that how could his parents have adopted him, which kind of makes sense because he's like six foot six and his dad's like five three. And so now they're at their Eden spot and the mom and the wife, I mean, the mom and the aunt come with a gentleman caller to discuss with Dan about his adoption. You may well be my dad for all I know, or did you use a sperm donor? Daniel! Oh, your dad would be so upset to hear you say that. He had more than enough sperm. Too much in many ways. You've got the wrong end of the stick, as usual. You are not adopted. What? So tell him, Polly. We tried to have you adopted. You? Tried. So he was never adopted. His parents tried to get rid of him when he was a kid. So if you think that's even worse, <laughs> exactly. Right? And so you know his friends keep telling him, you know, and so now before, <laughs> and it turns out there was a couple who thought about adopting him and ended up giving him back. So instead of him going to go find his 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 birth parents, the entire episode Tim trying to find these people and find out why he wasn't good enough for them and why he gave why they gave him back to his his parents. Do you have Hulu? Yes, I uh no. No. If you ever have a chance to get a hold of Hulu, do yourself a favor. You you clearly also enjoy dialogue. Mm-hmm. Give Letter Kenny a fucking try. Now, I think the last season fucking blows. Season not eight. I think it's just a great oh, years. Shit. I was going to say they run out of content. I, I'm familiar fuck, with it. It's got so much funny shit. You know, it just, it's great. And, and I like accents. Mm-hmm. I like uh, the quirks of different regions and how people speak. <laughs> and so, Man Down is my Netflix suggestion of the week if you're looking for something to watch at the end of the day to, and there's there's a lot of I mean there's literally laugh out loud stuff there's only four seasons long so it's not a big big investment so check that out hold on I'm wiping my hand on my cat is that what you kids call it nowadays no my cat no, literally my cat hi cat hey, I don't spend enough time with her because evidently a little puppy is taking all of my time so so it's that time of the episode before we get to the news, as I said, I was doing some production tonight, so it's that time. They're going to think that's politically nope. incorrect. I, I, fuck you. you not, not Actually, tell you what, let's do that real quick. Um, that's my TikTok lesson of the week. That's not the intro. I have too many soundboards. That's not the intro I was looking for, but let's just go ahead and get into the TikTok lesson of the week before we get into the political stuff. 
And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. They're going to think that's politically incorrect. I, I fuck you, you political correctness. What? I. What has happened where everyone's so afraid? Political correctness is a manifestation of low self-esteem. Full stop. It's bullshit. It's it's a manifestation of low self-esteem. And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. So true, so true. Ah, there it is. That's the key I'm looking for. Here we go. Political, political shit show, show political, political shit show. show. Now it's, it's time, time for the political, political shit show. show. Yep. A great production quality right there. You like that? It took me a whole minute yeah, and a half. Hey, got to work with what we got here, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm good with it. Wow. And this so... Anywho. We tried to stay away from politics in the past, but nowadays you just can't stay away from it. And, and what it's what's in your head. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, it's what's in our fucking head. And if you don't mind, I'd like to start the political shit show with um, the big tech... The big tech update. The big tech update. Big tech. So we're all familiar with Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Yes. And we're all also familiar with what happened during our election cycle and what former President Trump's big gripe was with how he lost to Biden, and that was they're concerned about miscounts, uh, mail-in ballots being um, a way to cheat, this, that, and the other thing. And if you're an anti-Trumper, never-Trumper, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, you know, they just kind of said, tough shit. You don't have any evidence. What are you talking about? You complained about it four years ago. Amazon, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, distributor of shit throughout the world because that's where we all get our stuff especially people who live in small towns like i live in and can't get a lot of stuff locally so much a distributor of shit jeff bezos has his own space program now one of the problems when you have big businesses and you have locations and workforces throughout the country some of these workforces are going to be set up in cities that well are big on unions i was thinking about this today and one of these plants um, that does the packing and the sending and all that, they want to have a vote amongst the employees of whether or not they can unionize, which Amazon doesn't have a problem with setting up a vote. But there's one thing that's sticking in Amazon's crawl. Amazon seeks to postpone an Alabama unionization vote. If this story doesn't sum up the irony in our frickin' election process, I don't know what does. The union representing the Alabama facility wants to use mail-in voting for their union vote. But Amazon pushes back and said they want in-person voting. Jeff Bezos and Amazon went on to state that they do not want their workers voting by mail in the unionization. Why not? Amazon says mail-in voting wouldn't be valid or fair. Jeff Bezos is literally the top mail expert in this country. And if he doesn't trust mail-in voting, then what does that tell you? Now, I'm not pro-union in any way, shape, and or form. But hey, if it's good enough for the goose, it's good enough for Jeff Bezos, right? You want to see uh, a lot more shipping charges come in on your Amazon Prime? Oh, that's Don't exactly go what's going to happen. Well, there are no shipping charges on Amazon Prime. It's just that Amazon Prime annual fee will go through the roof. It's going to go like 250 uh-huh. bucks. Yep. When you pay under the one, you're going to get some of the shit that comes with that said side. Now, so you could say that's that's flip-flopping when it comes time to flip-flop and to make yourself, you know, when it's self-serving. 
What about our fine friends over mm. on Twitter? What's going on over on Twitter? So Twitter's global public policy team weighed in today, as security councils do, on the upcoming elections in Uganda. And here's what they said about those elections. Quote, ahead of the Ugandan election, we're hearing reports that Internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. Huh? We strongly mm. condemn Internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles huh? of the hashtag open Internet. Access to information and freedom of expression, including the public Ugh. conversation on Twitter, is never more Wait. important than during the democratic processes, particularly elections. Now, I would quote. I would agree with Twitter Freaking homeless looking hypocrite. I would agree with Twitter. All that's important. You can't go and block people from access to information. However, except for when you did the exact same thing, just a short what? 38 days ago, two months ago, two months ago, one month ago, currently. So when it comes to getting out a politician that you guys don't enjoy, shutting that politician's access down to present information to people who enjoy them, that's fine. But when it comes to a whole country block and you and your services, now you're up in arms. That's a little peculiar. And now they're mad that somebody let the Ugandan news slip through the cracks. But what about... Um, what the fuck? We were supposed to stop stuff that makes us look like a hypocrite. Now we're a fucking hypocrite. And now I got to shave my goatee. So Have you seen that dude's goatee? The guy on yeah, Twitter? Yeah. So the CEO of Twitter, accidentally, there was an email leak that said maybe you're blocking uh, Trump's account was a big mistake. Well, after Twitter and Facebook combined, stock dropped like $51 billion or some shit. Good. But uh, drops more. we all know that CNN was trying to actively partition, not partition. Uh, when do you get the signatures? Um, anyhow. They're trying to actively petition. get petition. That would be a petition. Um, Comcast, petition. which is the biggest cable monopoly in the country, who owns NBC. Hmm, imagine that. Trying to get Comcast, DirecTV, Dish Network, going on there? and everybody else to remove Fox News from stations. What now? What is that? The big That's do with big test? For Dish to remove Newsmax because it's there. There's a former Facebook higher up who's now a CNN consultant. And let's talk about the dangers mm. of free speech. So Played you these clips from this guy who conveniently used to work at Facebook. He's part of big tech and now he's part of CNN. And this is this is one of their biggest goals moving forward. Listen to this. We have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger daytime, a larger audience than daytime CNN. Yeah, but oh, imagine shit. that. There's more people that would rather watch YouTube than CNN. I believe it. <laughs> but that's not all. It's not just Fox News and it's not just YouTube. They want to go after some of the newer superstars of news talk, people who are filling that void of, you know, actual news reporting like Newsmax. In fact, listen to what they said about Newsmax. We're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. So because Newsmax, so ONN and Fox News have viewers and opinions that don't coincide with yours, you're fine with them having freedom of speech, but you don't think the major media providers should be carrying their content 
to people in a society that has freedom to listen and say what they want? Let me let me see if I can wrap my head around this. Good luck. Retardedness. And yes, I said it. Okay. We're all for freedom of speech. However, if you don't march in lockstep or disagree with what we think and you are clearly on the other side, it's still okay, even though we got freedom of speech, to strong arm private companies into not allowing you to display your speech. Yes, you can have freedom of speech to say whatever you want as long as no one can hear it. Kind of like big tech is big brother 1984 Orwellian bullshit. Kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, does it make a sound? Well, if a conservative is forced to talk on a platform that no one has access to, is he saying anything? It's just crazy. And you and I have been on record. We were never big Trump supporters. And when the guy did something right, we would give him credit. The guy said something stupid and fucked up. We would call him on that too. Uh, we know the ACLU and there's got to be people on the left who are still like, uh, I think we're going a little too far boys. Well, obviously we know that Canada wanted to file some economic sanctions against I mean, us because like we got rid of the once, Keystone pipeline. This is akin to book burning. Mm-hmm. So it really is. So since Biden's been in office, you got rid of the Keystone pipeline. Um, so you, you've just toasted at least a thousand American jobs, union jobs at that. And he says that they could go, Somewhere else. How about you go somewhere else, motherfucker? Union jobs at that. And the unions usually vote that way. And so it got the Didn't point. piss off Canada too? Yeah, Canada want to file economic, economic sanctions against us because that pipeline was to access Canada's oil. So wait a second. Let's, let's understand this, guys. We're going to require, okay, we're now going to get rid of the pipeline because we don't think it's economically sound. However, no, because it's environmentally infeasible. Semis. Right. So now more semis, which burn more fossil fuels, hauling that oil down here. Not even semi. It's going to come by train. Short-sighted bullshit. Not even yeah. semi. Well, it's come by both. train. It's probably going to be a mix. And so I don't know. I don't know who. I guess Big Pharma has paid for this one. And then the other one he turned around was the bill that Trump put forth that lowered the cost of insulin for diabetics to make it like super affordable. So now that's going to go back up. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. You look like you, and you just did it because it's a Trump thing. And what I then you're going to turn around and you're going to make a bill that's very similar to that, but because it's no longer that Trump, and I wasn't a fan of Trump, but Orange Man, we can't have Orange Man stuff. We'll get rid of Orange Man stuff, then we'll reintroduce Orange Man stuff as our stuff. Therefore, we're the good guys. You know, it's interesting. I was trying to find a clip before we went on the show. Fucking I waste. saw a montage on Tucker Carlson the other night where they played like six or seven. You know, it's so funny. You'll 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 see those montages of the talking points of the day, like even on local news where they all talk about the same thing because they're getting the news from the same area. He was playing a montage from CNN and like MSNBC from like all the sh- the news programs of that day, and every one of them was using the the catchphrase deprogramming, and they were talking to um, people who specialize in deprogramming that's, past cult members, and they were talking about how they were going to. That's de- some scary sounding shit. Well, they're talking about how they need to deprogram Trump supporters, but it's gotten to the point though. Who needs deprogrammed? Because in the last week. Um, Twitter users are demanding that um, Trump be digitally removed from Home Alone 2 <laughs> to the point now to where 
what fucking end? Well, to this fucking end, because your wife is a big fan of the Disney people. Now they're going after Disney and the Disney Fuck ruled. Disney. Um, they're demanding that oh, Trump be removed danger. from the Hall of Presidents. As if he was like Saddam Hussein or Mussolini or Hitler. Like we have to erase his existence. So not only do they want him digitally removed from Home Alone 2, which who cares? But now they're saying they need he needs to be removed from the Disney Hall of Presidents. So there's just going to be a gap. It's going to go from Obama to hey, Biden. Hey, Hoopleheads! I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna bring out a Deadwood saying. Okay. Hey, Hoopleheads! Don't we have bigger fucking problems to worry about than this shit? No, this is these Seriously. are Twitter users. They're they're insane. The fucking, I just. My head's about to explode all over his camera. And I, I had a I thought just, the other day. Stupid. It's funny because Biden's going to get credit for fixing all these problems. And you know of how. Of course, he's going to undo the other shit and then do his own and get the credit. That's well, I mean, He's already taking credit for the vaccine. Right? He only have to do that. He's going to get credit for fixing things that never happened because the media made up the shit that didn't happen. They'll just give Trump, I mean, Biden credit. They'll make up him fixing the problems that were never a problem before anyhow. It's just insane. I don't know where we go from here, man. It's it's crazy. Um, it's going to get worse, and and that's just it. So, look, I'm glad a lot of Republican senators are now kind of pushing back on this fucking um, impeachment deal because mm-hmm. they're absolutely right, and we've said it before. You want to further the fucking divide in this country? You keep this impeachment bullshit going. The guy's out of office. Is he going to get reelected? I don't think he's got a fucking chance. He's too old. And I think there's much, enough people have seen that it's just not good. He's not going to make it through let's his first term. Let's move the fuck on. You know? Oh, you're let's talking move, about Trump. Yeah, the yeah. next four years. That's four fucking years, you know? Yeah. I, he's not a threat I, to anybody. Just I don't think they're worried about on. him. I think they're worried about his kids. I think they're worried about Ivanka oh. and Donald Jr. trying to run for office. And so they're trying to completely just destroy his last name. Oh, and you can't have a woman conservative running because, you know, that'll completely upset the balance. You know, and that's what we need. You know, that or a, a Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. Solid snake. Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then you probably should go. I had a thought the other day, and it's going to be quite offensive to the young audience, which, by the way, it was fun going to a comedy show where the comedians were in their 50s and you had a bunch of 20-year-olds in your crowd from my daughter's friends and seeing how they would react to certain uncouth jokes when it came about sexuality and body shaming but um i had a thought and and you have to bear with me a little bit on this so one of the things that has been put into the atmosphere when it comes to language is the whole cisgender this and you know not being down for the cause which by the way i don't care if you want if what your sexual proclivity are is or how you identify that's between you and and your your surgeon or whatever but i had a thought isn't the attack on cisgendered people isn't that a Gross. new no more ironic more hypocrisy isn't that a new form of sexism absolutely but it's an acceptable form of sexism which is crazy because the people who use that phrase the side in which they share the ideological idealism with are the people who basically were anti-sexism in the past you know they're the women's live movement they're the ones who brought in the the um corporate meetings where you have to do the you know the sexual 
Indowindo and the sexual harassment seminars, and now they're mainlining sexism against people who were the same sex they were born as. And, somehow and that's what's that's interesting. Right. That's what's interesting because as a, a, a straight white middle-aged male, man. when I hear no, when I hear the term cisgendered, I almost hear disdain in their voice. Oh, there is. You know, and I almost hear like it's a slight, right? And it's something that's really set weird. It's like, well, you know, you're you're bad. You're evil because you're a cisgendered male. Listen, man, I'm biologically male. I know what I like. But, that's what I'm going after. And it's, you know, the way it ends up with reproduction. It's programmed into his DNA. Well, it's the, not about feelings or anything else. It's just what I like, man. But what's good? And you just hit something I want to go. It's what you like, right? And so, and I don't I, give a fuck what you like. Like what you like. Don't it, fucking push your shit on me. It's like it's like atheist and religions, right? Now atheism is like a religion unto itself because it's the anti-religion that's become a religion. Yeah, they they preach they preach at, preach at you more than most religions do. But no, what you're you you struck on a, a key topic that I wanted to get into, which is that is what I like. Now, we're forty. We've been around for a, a good majority of the. You know, the battle against the the hardcore anti-gay with, you know, the gay movement and whether or not it's a choice or a birthrightness and that. And I think we all can agree that it's genetic and it's not so much a choice. Some people do it as a choice, but a majority of the people, it's way, like you said, it's it's what I like and I can't control what I'm attracted to, which is great. But the thing that I find interesting when it comes to these arguments is, and they, and, you know, and once again, I agree with them. This way I was born. I can't help who I'm attracted to. Perfect. You're, tra- you're a dude you're attracted to dudes. Cool. I have no problem with that. But what I find interesting is if you're a straight white dude who has a type, let's say that type is skinny, athletic, nice ass and boobs, all of a sudden you're a pig. They can like same sex or, you know, a heavier person and this and that. And whatever they like is or what they're naturally attracted to is fine. But what you're naturally so attracted to makes you a pig. But it's like you're using your own argument against me. Your argument should apply to me as it applies to anybody else. You naturally like a type, which is your same sex, or someone who has a different, you know, whatever it may be, gender fluid, who knows. And, I, and I'm cool with that. But how are you going to take your same argument and use it and it doesn't apply to someone else? It's just crazy. And that's what a lot of their arguments come down, whether it's sexual or political. It's just insane. Well, the problem is, is it, it's uh, arguments based on emotion and solely mm-hmm. emotion. That's fucking it. So you're going to slam me for being something that is genetically programmed into me on a DNA level to procreate. But you want to use that same. Well, let me argument. look at my dog. Hey, hey, Oliver. How do you identify? He's going to be like, I'm a male, and I'm going to fucking hump your arm too, just because I want to dominate you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bailey. She's a female. She does no question. She humps teddy bears. <laughs> so if. Uh, if a person identifies as a deer, can a uh, can a hunter in deer season shoot him? I don't know. It's just, you know, once again, I don't. I support your your idea idealisms and your uh, justifications for why you are the way you are, but you can't then not believe in that same argument when it comes to someone for being straight or cisgendered. It's really where that whole slippery slope argument comes into play. Yeah, you know, everybody's tired of hearing slippery slope, but that is the, that slippery slope is a fucking cliff. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. There is, and there's nothing but sharp rocks below it, 100 feet down. Did you have any other political stuff you want to get into? Uh, so I had talked to an owner of a small business, the Munchbox. Mm. Yes, clever name. Sexual. The guy is um, 
I think he, he I'm not even going, he is from Toronto. Eh? And I thought, who else better to ask these questions? And actually, he, he was free to talk. I, I should have got an interview with him. Maybe I will. There you go. And uh, OG5 said, podcast. You know, what, do, what do you think about, how is it going in Canada versus, what are you hearing in Canada versus here? And he says, it's fucking worse. Quebec's locked down at 8 o'clock. Toronto's not much behind that. Nobody's making any money. Don't worry. California's going to open soon. Then he brought up the fact, he goes, minimum wage, you know, that executive order went in. He goes, that means once this thing goes through, I'm going to have to raise my my price to the, everybody 50%. So let's think about that. And this is what I don't understand. If there are some people who are on the left listening to this, please explain to me in a very cognizant manner on how raising – hi. How raising um, minimum wage to $15 an hour is going to benefit minimum wage workers in the long run and not fuck middle class people because that $15 an hour in about a year is going to turn back to $7.25 an hour because the cost of everything is going to go up. Now, I know the you just answered your own question, though. They're not thinking long term. They're, they're thinking not thinking short term. Well, and what they're thinking is for the next three months. And, and it's a cute thought. Um, and well, maybe the corporations don't need to be making so much profit. Well, I'm sorry. That ain't how that fucking works. Nope. Before COVID, we have had the best economic growth. People have been put in better situations than they ever had in decades, if not centuries, because of the free market. But because some assholes don't want to get their fucking shit together, give their balls a tug, letter Kenny reference, and pull their head out of their ass. We got to go with the feelings. I feel somebody's holding me down. Dude, you're the only motherfucker holding you down. I'm a perfect example of that. I held my ass down in the 20s. Why? Because I wanted to go off, fuck off, and have fun. I'm doing fine now because I pulled my head out of my ass, figured out this is what the fuck I got to do, and move the fuck forward. That's what it is. The bootstrap thing is a legitimate saying. It's legitimate. Why do you hate, why do you hate poor people, man? Why do you hate the downtrodden? I, must, I can't. You I don't can't understand. You're born with that silver spoon in your mouth, white privilege. Oh, so I've heard that before, and this is on construction sites. I, and I'd roll up my sleeve. So you see this scar right here? Yeah. You know what that's from? No, what is that from? It's like because I was so broke, I had to donate plasma twice a month for years. Yeah, my white two. privilege got me bathing in the Ohio River and shitting in outhouses in the summertime. You ever had to go to the bathroom at midnight and hope that there's not a snake between you and the fucking house you're living in with no indoor plumbing? Yeah, that's fun. We've been there. Yeah. But we, we figured out we don't want to be there. Well, you know what the next step in all this nonsense is? And someone asked me about it today. I, I went to a job and people, oh, he's an IT guy. He probably has all kinds of thoughts on technology. And I invented a saying that I might put on a shirt. Because we need to put another shirt over at the Digital 410 Network. That's right. You can support Digital 410 by heading over to d-410.com and clicking on that orange Patreon link and sign up for Patreon. It's a dollar a month. You get access to exclusive content like the OG5 podcast we spoke about previously. I've been posting some uh, short videos up there on YouTube lately that are exclusive to OG5. Gordon's going to start posting stuff up there. And this episode of the What's In Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at At Computers. At Computers has been providing IT solutions for all of Southwest Florida since 2004. Even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can help you. Give them a call at 239-283-1120. As long as you have working internet, they can log in and help you with all your issues. 
Give them a call at 239-283-1120. They can also help you with two-form authentication for remote logging into your work, online backups, antiviruses, and much, much more. If you do live locally, give them a call. They can help you with computer repair, laptop repair, network expansion like I did today, and all kinds of fun stuff. Give them a call at 239-283-1120. But anyhow, I went to a job today, and a customer had a new employee. I've done work for them in the past. And he asked me if I ever did computer programming and what my thoughts on AI was. And I said, well, AI covers many grounds, but if it comes down to that robot you see with the firearm that's constantly getting hit by, with a guy in a hockey stick but never misses a shot, that scares the living shit out of me. Um, and then he said, well, what about uh, a cashless society? Have you seen these great things that are doing with Bitcoin and all these other currencies? And I said, I said I'm not a fan. I said, one, cashless society, one, that affects the younger kids. Remember back when you were 18, 16, 20 before you figured out how to manage a checkbook, if you didn't have the currency in your hand, you're quickly overdrafted and going in the hole. But more importantly, a cashless society is a society that can't survive without technology. You want to talk about holding a class back. If you went... You're holding a couple of classes back. You're holding countries back. If you, Because mm -hmm. obviously, if we went cashless within 20 years, they're going to try to create a universal currency because you won't need currency anymore, right? It's all going to be digital bits. Credits. Well, how's somebody living in the freaking deserts of Africa or Uganda or South America and places that don't have access to the internet and technology if you get rid of currency worldwide? And so I came up with two slogans. One is a cashless society is a society that can't exist without technology. But more importantly, and this is kind of put on your tinfoil hats, ladies and gentlemen, kind of the plan a cashless a cashless society is a society that doesn't have freedom. Because one man's idea of freedom is working, taking care of a family, paying your bills on time. And another guy's idea is working jobs to jobs to create enough cash to travel across Alaska, other countries, having his currency in his pocket, do what he wants, not having to find an ATM machine or using Venmo or PayPal. You can't be a truly free society to make decide what you want to do if you don't have physical control over your monetary value. And isn't that kind of the reason behind Elon Musk's Starlink and all these satellites mm -hmm. to be able to have low and affordable technology to the phones of mm -hmm. people who are in third world countries? We were uh, at down Fort Myers Beach and uh, the little... Amanda Sparkles, or whatever her name is, put her tip bucket out. And I heard somebody say, do you have Venmo? I don't have any cash. I'm like, yes, I do. And so it's already happening. I had a guy. Oh, yeah, I'm waiting for a homeless guy to come up and bring out his little fucking square. They do. There's phone. there's a guy. There's a homeless guy on TikTok. He has like a million followers. And he basically, he gets people giving money. And he um, he's actually rather cool. And he'll find like defunct outlets on the side of stores. And he'll get on the lows and use his Venmo to buy outlets and repair the outlet so he can charge his cell phone at night. And. He does odd things and makes enough money to pay his cell phone bill and provide food. And he just travels between Texas and like Georgia. But it happens all the time. But I don't know if it's the old man in me, but the idea of a truly cashless society just scares the shit out of me. Because once again, you can't have true freedom if you don't have access mm -hmm. to your money. And, and to go back to the tinfoil hat and the Tacoma thing, actually one of the reasons I wanted the Tacoma in this case, I need a bug out vehicle that could do something. <laughs> Well, perfect example. Um, here in Florida, a few short few years ago, 
after mm-hmm. a hurricane. I was without power and water in my home for 16 days. Doesn't mean the whole city was down. So I had access to an ATM machine. I had access to internet. But what if our whole town would have been hit with a five foot, ten foot storm surge? What if the city would have lost power and internet? Mm-hmm. What if the cell phone towers got knocked down and everybody's cell phones are gone? And what if we were at that point a ca- you know what happens when the you know what happens living in a hurricane zone prior to the hurricane landing? You know what everybody does? Barter. They go to the ATM, they take out cash. Yeah. They go to the store and buy water and gas. Well, if you live in a cashless society and you live in California where there's earthquakes or you live in the South, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, where there's hurricanes all the time and you have natural disasters quite often. How is that going to say earthquakes in California? Yeah. You know, or or in Vegas. How is that going to bode for you? So the idea of a truly 100% cashless society, that's just more, that's a power grab more than it is anything else. It is. It's just all part of the... We're going to be labeled as conspiracy theorists. Oh. Um, anyway, and we'll be hunted. You ready for the do the news? Let us do this news and get the F out of here. News and shit. News and shit. Now here's Gordon with some news and shit. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. TJ Bowen says, you bring up this topic because I was watching the prices on Bitcoin. And I have to yes. explain it. Uh, well... And ETH, which I'm not sure what that is yet. Anyway, so I am doing fine, as we hear. Everything's great. You and I, we're one for one-liners from movies and and pop culture reference, right? Yeah. Well, in the state of dirty Jersey, I mean New Jersey, uh, high court had to overturn a conviction because there was a movie reference. The New Jersey Supreme Court had to overturn a man's bank robbery conviction because a processor, the prosecutor, sorry, not processor, prosecutor referenced a classic horror movie. During the closing arguments in the case against Damon Williams, the prosecutor showed jurors a photo from the movie The Shining. Depicted the character played by Jack Nicholson telling his terrified wife and son, here's Johnny, moments before breaking through the door with an axe. This reference was meant to illustrate the actions that actions can speak louder than words and that subtle and that the support of prosecutors contention was Williams should have been convicted of more serious offense though no threatening words were spoken to the bank teller in the Camden County so the jury did convict Williams of second degree robbery which required the use of force or of of force rather than the less serious crime of third degree theft um, and prosecutors Williams' conduct before and after the passing of the note to the supporter more charge. Williams, your internet's shitting out on term. us again. Yeah, great. You know, it's funny you said Damon Williams. Uh, I thought you said Damon Wayans. I was like, maybe the judge was upset they didn't use a screenshot from Scary Movie. But needless to say, uh, because he used this line, it, it pretty much got overturned. That's weird, though. Kinda... The, how do you overturn an entire case off of one bad movie reference? Why don't you just say, hey, uh, strike that from the record, try again? According to Justice Lee Solomon, the use of sincere provocations in service of such comparison, even when purportedly metaphorical, heightens the risk of improper prejudicial effect on the jury. Interesting. Read into those words what you may. She said such uh, risks were born out here, improve in here. 
We're going to move over from Dirty Jersey to Beaverton, Oregon. Something a little odd has happened. A thief had berated a mom for leaving kids in the car he stole. <laughs> How dare you? I wanted a vehicle. I did not mean to be brought up on child abduction charges. Check this out. What so this kind of mother thief... would leave their kids in the car of the Piggly Wiggly with the motor running? I almost went to little Alice's restaurant right yeah, there. Yeah, you did. With the so, eight by tens, uh, with the X's and the errors, and the paragraph on the back of each one. Anyway, so this guy who absconded, or this thief—I don't know if it's a guy, girl, or a they—absconded with a, a car. He found a toddler in the back seat of the stolen vehicle, turned, drove back, and chastised the mother for leaving a child unattended, but for taking off again. Here's your kid. I'm still taking your fucking car. I may be a meth addicted. Car so this thief, woman, but a bad parent I am not. When I'm out absconding vehicles to take down the chop shop, my parent, my kids are with my parents right now, helping my dad kill a six pack. You, ma'am, so, should be ashamed of yourself. We've been left in cars when mom's gone to the store before. Sure. This woman went into a grocery store about 15 feet or five yards from the car Saturday, leaving her four-year-old child, I still think is a little sketchy, mm -hmm. inside with the engine running and the vehicle unlocked, according to Beaverton Police. And it was a Tesla, and it had the little dog owner symbol up on the, the screen saying, don't break the window, the AC's on, and listening to music. The, the woman, so the, the store employee, their a store employee told the authorities that the woman was in the market for just a few minutes before someone began driving away with the SUV. Once the th thief realized Tyler was in the backseat, as we've heard before, he comes back, berates the woman. He actually lectured the mother for leaving the child in the car. So there's the toddler out the window, pulls a Yui and speeds off. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh. Yeah, so we're going to go from Oregon to the southeast. Did the cops catch the absconder of the vehicle and the child? They didn't say. Uh, I think that, and the suspect was said to be in his 20s or 30s, so they're still looking for him. But dark brown or braided black hair and a multicolored face mask. Huh, face yeah, at least, mask he, at least he was worried about you know whether or not he's going to give someone COVID while still in their vehicle. That just sounds like something you'd hear in some horrible fucking comedy. Actually, yeah. it makes sense. If you're going to steal something, now you can do it in broad daylight and wear a mask and not look out no, of the I was ordinary. Just about the kid thing. Yeah. I can see a comedy with that happening. So uh, we're going to go from there down to your neck of the neck of the country. My uh, penis of the country? Yep, your penis of the country. So check this out. You know, there's a lot of things we like to do naked. Mm hmm. But stealing. Mowing the lawn is one of them. I mean, what? But stealing and crashing a police car? It's still safer than cooking bacon naked. He's obviously a naked, as it says, Florida man. Stole what news footage shows to be a marked police vehicle and crashed it into a wooded area, according to official. I wonder if this guy's name's Dave. Nope, it's Joshua Schnecker, 22. He was arrested Thursday uh, after Thursday's crash on charges of including theft of a motor vehicle, aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer, Depriving an officer of means of communication or protection. And this dude's naked. It's kind of funny. And resisting an officer without violence. How do you resist without violence? That's, I don't want to touch that. Nope. Get away. Nope. According to a sheriff in Jacksonville. Sheriffs. Jacksonville. 
So officers responded to reports of a naked man running along the Interstate 10 in Western Jacksonville shortly before noon on Thursday. Schnecker was uh, laying in the roadway where an officer stopped on the opposite side of the route. And uh, then he ran across the highway lanes towards the officer. <laughs> and uh, then things happened. They you think when these cops go to police academy, they anticipate as many interactions with naked dudes as they end up doing. There's gotta be a whole month on this. It just seems uh, like it, you know? And I, I was at, when I was at Fort Myers beach, there was a cat in the Seven Eleven whose body odor just stunk so bad. And I can just mm. imagine that these naked dudes that you have to apprehend being a police officer, they can probably get a mite ripe and gamey. So we're going to go from this story to across the globe. How's that for production value? Istanbul is Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul and a Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople. Then the church of light on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul and a Constantinople. So if you have a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Like all my other stories coming in from the Associated Press, this comes out of Istanbul. Not Constantinople. Not Constantinople, although the Greek church would disagree. Even old New York was once New Hamsterdam. A devoted dog spends Aww. days waiting outside a hospital in northern Turkey Aww. where her sick or owner had reserved, uh, had received treatment. Hmm. Hopefully he gave it water. Pet's name, Banduk, which means bed, or bread, bed, bed. <laughs> B-E-A-D, bed, followed uh, an ambulance. Bead? So this dog followed an ambulance that tra- tra- that transported her owner to a hospital in the Black Sea Well, to be, uh, to be fair to the dog, it was a rickshaw, but go ahead. a bond. <laughs> January the 14th, you're horrible. Where's your drop? Anyway. Um, he did it again. Caused trouble. Hurt someone's feelings. Yet he didn't want to do it. Yes, troublesome people are often people in trouble. They may be mentally ill. Find out how you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1, New York. So check this out. This dog, I don't know how he's going to listen. Oh, look at that. We got ourselves a dog. This dog would make daily visits to the hospital. Aww. and the daughter would take the dog back home, but return repeatedly run off and return to the hospital. Do you think Bailey would do that for you? No, because she don't know where my hospital is. She does wear no. her mask appropriately. When the doors open, she'd actually poke her head inside. And and uh, but on Wednesday, the owner was finally reunited with this poor, poor doggy, uh, who really obviously was very well bonded and was very smart. And, uh, you know, she did return home. But I just thought that was kind of a nice story with that. But we got to go to one more place. This is Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Where evidently only things like this happen in Oklahoma. But a Oklahoma lawmaker proposes Bigfoot hunting season. Why are people dumb? (laughs) You know, there's an entire... Have you seen our elected officials when they don't even understand the term amen? Yeah, right. Which is like Latin for solace or so it shall it be. It's as it was or as it, it was, be, or but as it be. Yes. It's, there's uh, an entire demographic of people 
who watch a show called Bigfoot Hunter or Hunting Bigfoot. Have we ever seen Bigfoot on there yet? Well, that's besides the point. Um, okay. This show is filmed six months, eight months in advance. Mm-hmm. You don't think that if someone actually found Bigfoot while they're filming this, that you wouldn't have already heard about it in all the newspapers before said episode ever got edited, produced, and cleared and gone to the schedule? So the fact that you're watching a show that was made eight months ago and there's been no news coverage around the world of the Bigfoot that was discovered, they ain't going to find it on that show. Exactly. So anyway, a mythical ape-like creature has captured the imagination of adventurers for decades and now has become a target of a state lawmaker in Oklahoma. Republican, I just got to be Republican. Republican House member has. No wonder they don't take them fucking seriously well, anymore. Not only that, Republican but the last House member of- has introduced a bill that would create Bigfoot hunting season. Representative, and I'm going to give his name on blast. Justin Humphreys district includes the heavily forested. I can't say it. Ochata Mountains in southeast Oklahoma, where Bigfoot festival is held every year near the Arkansas. That explains it. Arkansas border. He uh, says issuing a state hunting license and tag could help boost tourism. I was going to so say, yeah, most Bigfoot sightings is in California and over across the pond by the big-ass mountain, not in Oklahoma or Arkansas. Yeah. So, and one last story, real quick one. You think 2020 was weird. Uh, Af- in f- first time in 15 years at least, there's been snow in Malibu, California. Malibu. I got friends in Texas and there's snow in Texas. It's crazy. And we are going to get snow allegedly here tonight. So that is the weather report and the fucking news with a lot of opinion dropped in there. I'm done. This concludes the evening news and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. Just a friendly reminder for those of you still hanging out with us, um, because if you're or if you're downloading this from D-410 or What's What's in Your Head podcast, that is fine and dandy, but an easier way to acquire this podcast is to download it through a podcast app such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are found. I will say this about that. For some reason, if you listen to us on the Google Play podcast app, for some reason, every time you stop it, like to get out of your car and you turn it back on, the shit starts from the beginning. Uh, Gordon and I have even gone as far. We, you know, A lot of people are surprised to find out that our podcast is in stereo. And it was for the longest time. There are about 20 of them that are in mono because we thought maybe it's a data thing. And so we, we recorded some of them in mono because the file size is smaller, thinking maybe that's why Google does that. But if you listen to us on, so basically what I'm getting at is for your listening enjoyment, I would I suggest listening to us on Stitcher or Spotify, iHeartRadio or, I, or Apple Podcast. But it'll automatically download and notify you when the latest episodes are out, and you won't have to worry about waiting for us to post on Facebook and going out and manually downloading it and finding it in your downloads folder on your phone. And by listening, liking, and subscribing through a podcast app such as a Stitcher or a Spotify. Um, the more people we get subscribing and reviewing, the more likely those apps will suggest us to other people. So like if you listen to us and a few other podcasts, and then when somebody else new listens to that other podcast, they'll say, Hey, uh, people who listen to this podcast will also listen to that. And it's kind of a way for us to get some free advertising throughout those apps. And it just makes it easier for you guys to listen. Um, I've done that with other podcasts in the past where I have to go to the website and download it. Then you got to browse through all your download folders and I got a big ass mosquito in here flying right at me. So, eat that, Mr. Miyagi. Um, 
So yeah, got to do it with chopsticks. So feel free, and if you do subscribe to one of those apps, give us a rating and review. And as always, Gordon, where can people find you? I am about to kill all my all your social apps. media apps. Time being is Aegis uh, four ten or Gordon at the four ten dot. Thank you guys, and head over to d 410com You can find all our social media links. And by the way, please like and subscribe to us on uh, YouTube and at the Digital 410 and Analog 410. And you can find me on TikTok. Uh, that's where I'm doing a lot of my stuff lately. And remember, a cashless society is a society that cannot survive without technology. We'll see y'all next week. Same life, still getting medicated, still living day to day like nothing's premeditated. Like you the baddest with your eyes low, tripping with a child at home, sitting while you styrofoam, sipping, coming home with strange men, why he lie alone and listen, then wake up and go to work and deny his whole existence, shit. This has been a Digital 410 production. (laughs) 